I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mula sa Quezon City, ako si Robbie Alampay, Puma Podcast. As you know, the Philippines has hundreds of languages and dialects. Some very vibrant, many are dying. Now, a team of linguists partnering with computer scientists from the University of the Philippines are trying to attempt a rescue of one such indigenous tongue. The dwindling speakers of ASI, that's a native language in Romblon, approached the experts from UP, and they are using linguistics and technology to keep their words, memory, and traditions alive. The project's name, Marayum, is itself derived from the ASI term used in Romblon. It means wise words. With the help of the Department of Science and Technology, the team is developing a community and mobile phone-based dictionary that hopefully could preserve and hopefully even maybe promote ASI, And maybe the platform could prove itself viable and useful in the future for other native tongues. We spoke with Professor Mario Carrion of the UP Computer Science Department. He explains how the effort is going, starting with the efforts of linguists to the deployment of technology. We started out with a seed dictionary. For example, words about umaga. And then from there, we hired ASI writers in order to create translations of those 505 words dun sa language nila and also to give uh, sample sentences. Tapos, yun nga, yung 505 words dumadagdag. Okay, nanganganak siya. At the center of Project Marayum, of course, are the members of the small but determined ASI family itself. It starts with literally their own words yung pinaka core nito is that the community itself is the one creating and maintaining their dictionary and all that marayom is is a, is a tool tapos yung tool na yun will not work without uh, the, the support of the language communities themselves of the 185 languages in the philippines researchers say 28 languages are endangered 11 are dying 4 are already extinct. It has been 75 years since the battle for the liberation of Manila in World War II. It lasted a full month, from February 3 to March 3, 1945, with Philippine and American forces in a major push to end Japan's occupation of the Philippine capital. The Bataan Legacy, Philwar Foundation, and Memorari Manila looked back on the historic and bloody chapter in a symposium this week. In the sanctuary of Teatrillo, within the stone walls of Intramuros, historians, war veterans, and survivors gathered to retell their stories. These were not the detached historical narratives that we read up in class. Many stories were very personal. 
Cara Zamora, a PhD student in medical anthropology at the University of California, Berkeley, and UC San Francisco, is part of the Children of War project, which documents tales of Filipinos who lived through the war as children. The memories that were the most vivid that they described were the ones that were very sensory, right? Like, oh, like in, the, in our air raid shelter, we had sandbags, and now when I smell burlap, I still immediately remember that experience. I remember the smell was so bad, the smell of burning oil. And so I think there's something interesting in the sensorium that is often not captured in, in the historical text. Historian Maria Felisa Sihukotan says there are compelling stories even from the side of the Makapilis, arguably the most notorious of Philippine World War II figures. Yung mga Makapilis are Filipino informants, portrayed in movies with literal sacks over their heads, with holes for eyes out of which they could see and point out Filipino members of the resistance. They were collaborators and traitors, but Sihukotan says history becomes more fascinating and human when we try to get into their stories and minds as well. They believed in the power of the Japanese, their culture, but some of them were forced. As informers, they were given salaries by the Japanese. They had free food, lodging, all of that. And it is very interesting to find out that they caused the most suffering for the Filipinos, even more sometimes than the Japanese. Now, in the state of California, Filipino involvement in World War II has been added to the grade 11 high school curriculum. And so now that's being formally taught in, in high school in California. And so, you know, we hope to support the implementation of the mandate by helping to create uh, additional curriculum materials. And, and Historians so at the recent symposium say the way history is taught here in the Philippines, too, can always be improved. The Philippines has served notice that after two decades, it will be terminating its visiting forces agreement with the United States. President Duterte and Manila have framed the move on two levels. One, it continues the rebalancing of the country's foreign policy from one over-reliant on America to a new course open to assistance from and partnerships with other nations, including controversially Russia and China. At the same time, it is openly an emotional response from President Duterte. He explicitly ties the abrogation of the VFA to America's having stripped Senator and former Police Chief Bato de la Rosa of his U.S. visa over human rights concerns. I'm warning you, pag hindi ninyo ginawa ang correction dyan, I will terminate the basis visiting forces agreement. For all the justifications and emotion Mr. Duterte has invested in his move, however, the response from American President Donald Trump has amounted to nothing more than a shrug. You know, my views are different than other people. I view it as, thank you very much, we save a lot of money. Now, Trump's words and body language are not consistent with that of his own defense officials. U.S. Defense Secretary Mark Esper says scrapping the VFA is a move in the wrong direction. It will, he says, have adverse impact on security in the region, on China's already aggressive positioning in the South China Sea, and on the overall balance of competing interests in this part of the world. 
The VFA was ratified in May 1999, seven years after the Philippines closed down American military bases in Clark and Subic. There will be a wind-down period for the VFA, 180 days as per the agreement. At the same time, there does remain around 300 military agreements for cooperation still in place over the next year. The Philippine military says those will all still push through unless it is the Americans who say, wag na lang din. In any case, once everything is official, these are some of the things that have the Philippine military establishment and many lawmakers and politicians urging Malacanang still to reconsider. For one, there is the foreign military financing. According to the Department of Foreign Affairs, the Philippines received nearly $1 billion in training and equipment from 2016 to 2019. There are also indirect benefits. Analysts note that the U.S. offers preferential treatment to traditional allies. The U.S. has been the country's largest source of grants. And then there are the heightened anxieties over Chinese threats, including island building in the South China Sea and its encroachment into Philippine waters. Speaking of external threats. A virus can have more powerful consequences than any terrorist action. That was World Health Organization Chief Tedros Ghebreyesus. The WHO now calls the coronavirus from Wuhan, China, public enemy number one. And if the world doesn't want to wake up and consider this enemy virus as public enemy number one, I don't think we will learn from our lessons. If you have not heard by now, the 2019 novel Coronavirus has a new name. It is now called Coronavirus Disease 2019 or COVID-19. As we record this, COVID-19 has now infected more than 60,000 people around the world and has killed more than 1,000 people. 99% of all of that is in China. COVID-19 cases are still largely concentrated in mainland China, but a rising number of cases are also coming from Singapore, notwithstanding the proactive efforts of the city-state's president to calm their citizens. So we are doing everything we can to reduce the risk of community spread and to limit the number of new imported cases here, especially now given the latest assessment of the situation in China. Meanwhile, the axe has started to fall on Chinese officials over the mishandling of the outbreak. The top political leaders of Hubei province and its capital city of Wuhan were recently removed by the Communist Party leadership. Solicitor General Jose Calida on Monday filed a co-warrant petition to terminate the franchise of media network ABS-CBN. The petition accuses the network of having violated the terms of its franchise and of allegedly illegally opening itself up to foreign ownership of its shares. We spoke with law professor Ted Te, who hosts his own law and government podcast, Te Talks. Coaranto is now being used for the first time against a media franchise. No? It has never been used before in this way. The use of the airwaves is a public right. So, so under the terms of the franchise, they have to let the regulatory agencies know what they want to do. And the allegation is that it did not get permission from the NTC. Therefore, all of these products that they're offering, these are illegal. What the court did was to require comment from ABS-CBN, but without giving due course. 
what the court basically is doing is simply saying we are not yet decided as to whether we will accept the petition. At least nine petitions have been filed in Congress to renew the franchise of ABS-CBN. That franchise expires on March 30. For a more in-depth discussion on co-waranto and the co-waranto petition being used against ABS-CBN, listen to Ted Tess' latest podcast episode on TED Talks produced by Puma Podcast. It's on Spotify and Apple and all leading podcasting platforms. Before we let you go, happy Valentine's Day! And kung nakikinig kayo ng Puma Podcast with your children, hinaan nyo na muna. May tanong kami. Are you looking for a way to get to know your partner more intimately? Then pick up Happy Ending. It's a game. Sabihin na lang natin for consenting adults. The aim is to help the horny guys, the horny ghost, experience its unfulfilled desires so that it can move on, finally, to have its happy ending. Take note that despite everything your brain is telling you, this does not involve sex, kayo naman. But it does include activities like sharing personal fantasies and it involves a lot of hand gestures. Something to do this Valentine's Day. You're in luck. Our listeners can get 25% off the price. Just go to happyendinggame.com and then use the promo code HAPPY2020. That's HAPPY2020 when you check out. If you choose to pay via local bank deposit, simply input the code in the designated field when you fill out the form. Promo period runs from today until February 29. That's right, it's a leap year. Bonus na namin sa inyo yan. You're welcome. Naway masaya tayong lahat. At yan po ang mga headline na Puma Podcast. If you like what you hear, please tell a friend. Tell your valentine. Don't forget to subscribe to Puma Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcast. Maraming salamat po. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.